Are we going to talk EVs? No, we're not. Will we talk the UAW strike? Everybody else is. You didn't come here to hear more about the UAW strike and ever, non-evergreen content. You want new stuff, stuff you can listen to any day. Whatever. Wait till you hear the largely mini topic that we dive into. to hot rods to I'll get to it someday. Experience, knowledge, and controversy all ride in the same city. Buckle up and hang on for the ride. Now for your host of No Driving Gloves, John Bibiani. We're enjoying the fine day. Weather's turning. Getting to be some good car driving weather out there. And I thought we should talk about a subject that's passionate to me. Something that just gets every car guy, it just strikes a mood with every car person. We've talked about them before here on No Driving Gloves. And like I said in the intro, we're not going to talk EVs. We're going to talk a potentially new and upcoming segment in the automotive industry. We're going to talk about the minivan. How the sales have kind of contracted but we're looking to see potentially an explosion. An article came across my desk, and it just might be one, one vehicle that really lights up this segment. And okay, it's electric. But if it lights up this segment, there's a lot of other vehicles that, you know, jump to mind that this will affect. Now, I can't believe some of the stuff that's happened in the minivan realm lately. The, the fact that Ford discontinued the Transit Connect, that Nissan can discontinued the NV200. Mercedes, well, I can understand Mercedes discontinuing the Metris. Great vehicle, just kind of way out of its price. Even the sales at the Ram ProMaster City, it has lost some of its sales, and it's also on, you know, after 23, all of those vehicles are gone, and it doesn't make sense. You look at the numbers, and they chop those and the sales transfer and the sales transfer. Yeah, they declined a little bit with COVID. And yeah, there's the shipping logistics and you might want to consolidate the world. But Ford has one of the best on the pro level packages available in the F-150 and vehicles like that. And I think the, the Transit Connect would lend well to even going to a hybrid or electric city delivery vehicle like it should be. And you could bring in and bring some of the Ford software, pro software. But even looking at the minivans that are currently on the market in the U.S. sales of, there has been a decline with some. There has been an increase with others. I mean, the Chrysler Pacifica, 2021 to 2022, 23% increase in sales, 143% increase in market share. The Toyota Sienna, the Honda Odyssey, both have decreased in sales. The Toyota Sienna is probably one of the best minivans out there. But you have to look at pricing. And the Pacifica is still the affordable leader in this. You, you know, it's a family buying this. And a married couple with two kids or three ki children, their budgets are limited. And going out and dropping 
fifty or sixty thousand dollars on a Sienna or an Odyssey is a stretch, but you can still get into a Pacifica in the forties and mid forties. Uh, I think the Pacifica actually, uh, you know, its hybrid offering, while problematic in the beginning, has gotten better. Uh, it's a very practical minivan. Uh, former guest host uh, Sean Yoder, he he has a Pacifica outfitted for his business. Uh, my stepsister actually drives a Pacific. I still think the original caravan was the best design, and you know, technically Chrysler produced it up until. I think it was discontinued finally in early 21 as the Grand Caravan. You know, they actually sold a couple thousand, about 2,800 of them in 21 and 21 units in 22 because they're leftovers. I think that was a very efficient design while it was a clunky vehicle and it didn't didn't keep the agronomics up that possibly the bulbaceous curvature that the Odyssey, you know, and they, the caravan, the caravan lasted. And it originally was a product from Ford. It was an Iacocca design. They wanted to build it at Ford in the early 70s. For some reason, Henry Ford II killed it, probably because him and Iacocca's relationship was so... I don't know if I want to be a smartass here or not, but as we all know, by that point in time, Henry Ford was feeling pressure from Iacocca, and they just did not see eye to eyes. Iacocca lifted the design, dropped it in 84, and that's all she wrote. The station wagon was gone, the minivan existed, and has slowly been replaced by the SUV. And I just don't understand. For a segment that is about practicality and getting the most bang for your buck, why do you go out and buy, say, even a RAV4? Why do you go out and buy a Durango? Why do you go out and buy a Tahoe or a Blazer? When you're trying to transport cargo or people, a minivan is one of the most practical vehicles in the world. I have a friend who has more money than most of us will ever see, possibly combined. He can drive anything he wants. I mean, he does have a fabulous car collection, which he never drives. It's on display. But his vehicle of choice on a daily basis is a Honda Odyssey. Why? Because it rides very well. I mean, yeah, a Bentley's going to ride a little bit nicer, but five times, six times the price. And he can't put as many people in a Bentley. Even if he gets a Bentayga long wheelbase, really, that's only going to seat maybe five or six reverse-facing jump seats. And Escalade's not going to work. It's going to be one and a half times the money. And to get anything that gets... And then people are crawling all over themselves to get into the third row where a Honda Odyssey, slide the doors open, step in. It comfortably will seat seven with a center aisle or a side aisle, however you configure the seats. If you need to move a refrigerator, seats fold nicely into the floor, out of the way, slip the refrigerator in there. The Suburban, you're going to have to pull seats out, fold seats down, lift something two and a half feet, three feet into the air. And granted, in a refrigerator might work well for that because it's tall. But then you've got to lower the thing. Where a minivan, 16, 18 inches off the ground, nice and easy to slip things into. You lose a little bit of towing, but you can tow with most minivans. People don't think you can, but you know, Americans are, we've got to have the biggest baddest 4500 dually so that i can pull my 
six by 12 U-Haul trailer or my four by three landscape garden trailer. No, we don't need that. For most people's use, the minivan will handle it. And be honest, the minivan doesn't need the trailer that often because of the size and practicality of it. You can get a lot of stuff into a minivan, whether it be people, whether it be equipment. Uh, we all know if you've listened to the show for a while, I'm a huge minivan fan. I've owned various vans and minivans throughout my life. You know, one of my most favorite vehicles was my Dodge 3500 or was it Dodge? I guess that would be a, is it a B3500 when it's a van or is it a D3500? Well, whatever the massive, long, full-size van was like an 87 or an 88. He had more room in that than really. It wouldn't fit in my garage because the thing had more room inside the van than the garage did. And of course, I've went on to my full-size conversion and I've had caravans and voyagers. I really, really regret selling my Transit Connect especially that what's happened is the used market for these the trans uh, when you get back into these commercial minivans has just exploded because the reduced production the reduced availability i could sell my transit connect today with what i estimate the mileage i would have on it would be in the 80 to 90,000 possibly 100,000 mile range for more than what i paid for it when i bought it in 2000 you know, that wouldn't be too bad. Drive a car for five years, put 100,000 miles on it and get all my money back and then maybe a little bit more. And it was just a wonderful vehicle. I mean, great, great gas mileage. I mean, to be honest, it's just a bigger uh, Fiesta like I drive daily now. I might lose a couple of miles a gallon by having the Transit Connect. But believe me, I much prefer the room of the Connect over the little subcompact that I drive uh, kind of for my nine to five job even though everything i do podcasting is to be a full-time job anyway but just like i said looking at some of these numbers and it, the sales slightly decrease but they're decreasing in a segment that the dealerships don't stock the items the prices went up tremendously on them because of availability and the advertising forum is non-existent when's the last time you saw a toyota sienna advertised on tv when's the last time you saw a honda odyssey you know why? Because if they put them on and they put the features that minivans have, they're selling against themselves. If you put a Honda Odyssey and a Honda Pilot side by side, for practicality, the, the Odyssey blows it away just beyond anything. But even if, say, they Honda took the Odyssey and put it up against a RAV4 or a Highlander or a Tahoe or a Blazer or a Durango or... Uh, a Bronco Sport, or hell, even a Bronco. You know, Bronco's going to beat it on off-roading. A Bronco Sport might beat it on off-roading. You know, you get it, but when's, like they say, when's the last time you really took any of this stuff off-road? I mean, even Ford has admitted on the new Raptor R, you know, they've reduced their option packages and you can get, you know, kind of the Raptor and then the Step Up and then the Raptor R. And it's got these dual valve shocks so it's good on compression and rebound blah 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 and they say yeah it sounds really cool for off-roading but where does it help the most on the street ride because they realize most of these raptor are, are never ever gonna see a bit of dirt you know oh they might run down the dirt lane of your ranch but i guess if you had a ranch you probably actually off-road it but 
where? The dirt parking lot at the uh, state fair. Again, Raptor R and that. I'm just saying that they're aware that these SUVs and that are never going to see off-road. And going back, Honda makes this ad with the Odyssey and touts all of its features and its seat seven and the ease of the seats and the amount of room it has. They're selling against themselves. You know, the Pilot's one of their best-selling vehicles. And it, like I said, you can change the vehicle they're compete, put in the ad. People are still going to be smart enough to go, hey, you know, that van's a little bit better than an SUV. So when somebody goes to the Honda lot, what are they looking for? The Honda Odyssey and not even considering the Honda SUV. So there's, you know, there's some of the, the reason behind it. I've complained about it for years. The Scion XA was a wonderful little vehicle. So the XA, no, the, excuse me, the Scion IQ. It was a little three-seat smart car type thing. Toyota couldn't sell it. I talked to dealers about it. You know, oh, uh, you've got to order it. Well, I want to drive it. Well, you got to order it. Well, then I own it. Well, yeah, I've got to buy the thing so I can drive it to see if I like it, to compare it with. Well, at least the Mercedes dealerships stock their smart car. And the f- go to Ford, their Transit Connect passenger van or the Ford Transit Connect people. Lots of luck ever finding one of those. When I was looking for my Transit Connect back in, whatever it was, 18, 19, never saw one on a lot. Never saw one. It was all commercial. And then, of course, I complained about it on the show. I had an issue when I went to finance it because Ford Credit said, well, he's not a business. And this is a commercial vehicle. And I want it as a personal vehicle. So like I said, I always thought of my Transit Connect as like an S10 with a topper on it. Nice small vehicle, knock around town. Hell, to me, it's even be more practical than a Ford Maverick with a topper on it because, again, lower, lo- you know, there's more cargo space. If they would have sold a five, well, they did sell a five passenger short wheelbase one. Lots of luck finding that because it goes back to my complaint with the Chevrolet quad steer pickups. Dealerships don't advertise it, they get it used or they have it on their lot. They don't push that one. It's something you probably, if you really wanted it, you got to order brand new and It'll eventually arrive, et cetera. I just don't, I don't understand the manufacturers thinking on this. And I'm doing this show asking why. And I'm doing this show because there's a manufacturer out there that's, like I said, going to break the segment open again. It's going to draw attention to it. I guess we're going to talk a little EV because it is an EV. So it'll make some news in the EV world. It'll be one of the most practical EVs out there. To hell with your Rivian R1T or your R1S and... To hell with your Tesla Cybertruck. Big, practical, lots of room, kind of iconic styling. Has been teased to the market for 22 years. You have the tall seating position. The ground clearance is more like a car. It's easier to step into. Rocker heights are lower. Entry and exit's easier. Same for loading. And we're really, I think we're going to really see a game of catch-up except maybe in Chrysler's case, because they have the Pacifica hybrid, it wouldn't be that difficult to really modify it, modify it, modify it. But the new Volkswagen ID, the little minivan that they're coming out with, that they originally showed, I believe, in 2001 or 2002 at the, you know, at the auto shows and that. And everybody harkened back to the old VW bus of the 60s and the nostalgia it brought. And why they took away some of those styling cues, Guess what? It's still a flat front box. It's a box with wheels on it. It has batteries in it that take up the whole floor, which now has actually made it a safer vehicle because all of the weight is at the bottom of the vehicle. It has a less chance of 
you know, rollover, like, you know, vans really didn't roll over in the first place, but it reduces the chances of rollover. It's a very well-designed vehicle that the interior is thought out and is flexible and is modular, and you can adjust, you can adjust just about everything inside of it. Because it is this flat front vehicle, they do sit the driver way, you know, back farther because it doesn't matter if there, if you get into an accident and as much accident absorbing, it's still going to crush, but they have to put the driver a little bit farther back for the safety. And that can make some people uneasy because, you know, you can probably Superman in this van and not touch the windshield. But I think this Volkswagen is going to just wake a lot of people up. People are going to love it. It's going to come out. People are going to jump to it in droves because of the design and it's it's electric. So it's the new cool thing. I mean, 25% of automobile sales in California are electric now. Uh, we're 7% nationwide and they said the tipping point is 5%. Now, won't it be interesting that the potential death knell to the internal combustion engine could be a electric minivan as it people get in it start using it driving it finding out that hey this space is great and then showing it to their friends and their friends are going wow look at the space look at the space look at the practicality look at how well this thing drives they sell this van and they've been selling it for a few years that talking about the volkswagen id in europe for two or three years now unfortunately or well, unfortunately to me, or and unfortunately to us, they sell it as a two-row van, and it's a little bit shorter wheelbase, which is kind of nice. In the U.S., we're going to get the longer version that has three-row seating, but we want space. We want room for our people. But we also get a little bit more room for a battery, so the battery becomes bigger. I still think, whole other episode, I think hybrids are the way to go with a battery and an uh, electric motor. This van's really going to break the world open for us. Those of us that enjoy the minivan, this thing's going to be revolutionary. Um, it's going to wake everybody up. The nice thing about this van from Volkswagen, the ID, is it's not a retro car like the old T-Bird or the, the iconic Beetle and Beetle and Beetle. Uh, it's It hints at it, just hints at it. Again, we're designing a van. It's a box on four wheels. There's not a lot you could for it, but it has a lot of modern, modern design. I haven't seen a picture of it with the front doors open, but it even looks like it potentially, it, it leans to look like it even has suicide doors. I doubt it, especially with the way the wheels are designed. This thing could just really, really change the world of minivan. And then to add to that, the Sienna is a great minivan, and we have to do some things to differentiate. I heard an interview recently with Jim Farley that said the difference between, he didn't actually use manufacturers, but I'm going, the difference between Toyota and Lexus is a little bit better fit and finish or a little bit better quality of materials on the interior, a little bit better software. Maybe it's a 3.3 liter instead of a 3 liter motor, so you get a little bump in horsepower. And the net cost to the manufacturer is four or $5,000. The net cost to the consumer is ten dollars to $15,000 because it makes it all feel more luxurious. When you get into an electric vehicle, it's all software. You don't get some of that availability for bumps. So Lexus is uh, introducing a hybrid 
electric Lexus minivan. Right now, it's available only in Asia and Europe called the LM. And it's a seven-seater, and it can be also configured as a four-seater, as a chauffeur-driven minivan. And brilliant idea, because if we look at the full-size segment and the Mercedes Sprinter vans, how many of those are getting converted into mobile offices? But they're big, they're massive. You do that with a minivan, and this Lexus LM with a seven-seater variant that's convert, you know, actually a four-seater version uh, for executive, chauffeur-driven, whatever. It's the same size as the Sienna. So now you can fit in parking decks. You can't stand up and walk around, but you could have a desk in there. You could do all your office stuff, just a little bit smaller scale. But now you're in a hybrid. Your gas mileage is there. Your parking ability there. Your maneuverability is there. This is, a, to me, again, another, you know, excuse me, brilliant, brilliant idea, you know, coming to market. I'm really of the mindset and hope that this Volkswagen ID is going to help this segment so much. Everybody's going to want the Volkswagen. There's no doubt about it. But there's always going to be the trickle down. Is like I said, people are going to get, you know, people are going to buy it. It's going to draw attention. People are going to crawl through it in auto show. And then they're going to realize, well, maybe I can't take the wait time for the Volkswagen. Maybe I don't want the all electric. Maybe I don't, you know, they're not into the styling. They're these people that love to drive their, you know, white Camry and Accord refrigerator appliances. But they they want the practicality. They want the, the use. And then all of a sudden they're going to realize that, hey, this isn't that much bigger than, it's no bigger than my SUV. It fits everywhere. It drives well. The maintenance costs are less. You know, the, I just, you know, this is me preaching a little bit about, of course, I could sit here and I could go through numbers after numbers and numbers. And will the minivan become more popular again? Um, I don't know if we'll ever see 1984 or 86 again. You know, again, take the Toyota Sienna. They sold just shy of 43,000 units in 2021 with the redesigned almost 108,000. Uh, there's potential. People have been, you know, people have seen it. Unfortunately, Honda, or, uh, Honda has seen the Odyssey sales decline. Well, I'll be honest, I wasn't a big fan of the most recent redesign of the Honda Odyssey. Um, said I know a gentleman who has one and he could have anything he wants and he loves his. But compared to the previous car, it, the, the new Odyssey literally was huge. Um, disclaimer again, my father drives one of the newer Odysseys. My father had a caravan in June of 1983. Five-passenger, maroon, cloth interior, one of the first ones ever delivered. And he owned a caravan from then until... Six years ago, seven years ago, when I convinced him to go to an Odyssey and he bought a used previous generation Odyssey, our previous body style Odyssey, and loved it enough to just go into a newer Odyssey. Uh, there was a period of time he did step away and he drove a Ram for a year or two and a Lexus LS400. He had a 94 LS400, so the time that maybe a 93, I can't the time of the LS400 was the shit car to have. I mean, it was a great, great car. A lot of conversations behind that. But still, he was buying caravans and Voyagers for his company. So to me, he's he's had an uninterrupted 
period of time with a minivan. He always had one available when he needed it. And since 84 to, what are we, 23, so 40 years, you know, he's driven a minivan. He's had the ability to have a lot of different cars. I mean, he's got a Viper tucked away in the garage. And like I said, he had his Lexus and things like that. He's had his choice of vehicle, but he taught me the minivan is very, very practical and a good to have. I hate seeing that the small commercial vans are going away, especially for the poor commercial drivers that have to drive them. You know, a Maverick's not going to do the same thing. A Ranger not going to do the same thing. They're just not as practical. And a ProMaster or a Ford Transit or a Mercedes Sprinter isn't going to do the same thing because they are absolutely massive. I mean, there are thousands of YouTube channels dedicated to people who use these as their homes. There's a hundred or so YouTube channels that are dedicated to people who use Transit Connects and things as their home, and probably a half dozen that use their Toyota Matrix as their home um, by choice. Um, it's just the younger generation seems to have something against them, kind of like maybe my generation did against Station Wagon. I always liked Station Wagon, too. I'm, I'm odd like that. But watch. Let's see what happens in the market. This Volkswagen ID is going to be great. We'll see what happens with the Pacifica. I'm pretty sure Toyota is going to stick it out with the, the Sienna and Honda with the Odyssey because they do sell well in other areas of the world, especially Toyota's case. But I'm just, I don't know if this was a good episode or not. Yeah, I'm sure it was a good episode. We never do bad episodes here at No Driving Gloves. But I want to hear your opinions. We've had a lot of episodes where we've talked about minivans. This is the first one I think I've really focused on minivans. And I've threw a lot of information out there. And like I said, I don't want to make this a podcast that's hard enough doing a solo podcast every now and not just sitting here and reading. But honestly, it is still difficult to see a future where suddenly minivans supplant crossovers as North American's dominant form of transportation. You don't want to hear me do that. I want to bounce around. I want to hit a bunch of stuff, throw a bunch of information at you and make you think. So like this episode, especially if you like minivans, tell a friend. We really pushed our minivans this week. Heck of a lot different than last week <laughs> uh, where we talked about privacy. Uh, really good feedback on that episode. Still working on getting somebody from the Mozilla. But if you didn't hear that, go back and listen to how they spy on you. And if you're going to let Kia, you know, spy on you and pay attention to your sex life, you may as well buy one of their minivans and really go at it. Just think of what you could do for a Kia minivan or spying software. But I think that's all I'm going to hit today, talking minivans. And yes, we'll see you or hear from you next week on another exciting episode. This show was a part of the No Driving Gloves Network, produced and edited by John Viviani of Magic City Podcast, with voice work by Gary Conger. So until the next exit.